You know what? We give you such great content. We've had everyone on here from Michael B. Jordan to Ava DuVernay. My, we, Michelle. Michelle Yo. Yes. We've discovered Henry Golden. <laughs> We've had Oscar winners. We've had Oscar winners. Emmy winners. Emmy winners. Emmy winners <laughs> Tony winners. Golden Globe winners. The it's least called, you could the do. The least you could do. There's a rating system. And we would love for you just to click on five stars for us. <laughs> and leave a comment. Only if they're nice, Nice though. comments Nice only. comment. And you know. You know, we're very fragile. And I'm just we're kidding. very fragile. We're journalists, so we're fragile. <laughs> but yeah, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Rate us five stars. Tell your friends yeah. about tell this show. Exactly. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Recommend it you to know, everybody. Sit down with your parents. Listen to this over dinner while you're eating food. <laughs> you eat dinner. But yeah, please rate us. Give us five stars and leave us a comment or two. It will be very much appreciated. Okay. Hello, welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Dina Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda <laughs> Nduka. This week we have Hentify creators, Martin, Marvin, not Martin, mm-hmm. Marvin Lemus and Linda Yvette Chavez. And they are spectacular. Yes, they're hilarious. Yeah. They're, the show, if you haven't seen it, is on Netflix. Yes. It's about it's a it's a Latinx show. It's about a family, um I guess it's Boyle Heights and Boyle Heights. Heights, yeah. It's um a, a grandpa and his three his three oh right. and cousins. They're they're cousins. They're, they're three cousins and you know, yeah. it kind of centers around this uh taco shop that the grandpa uh, owns and then it covers um Everything. topics yeah. of gentrification and especially uh Latinx identity. I think I don't even think you have to be an immigrant or or no. a, a person of color to relate to this. But at the same time, if you are, you can relate right. like, to specific things. Right. Yeah. No, like we talked about the other day, like watching shows and like even if it's not your specific culture, like it's so easy to see, especially if you're an immigrant or a first generation. Or yeah. It's so easy to see. Oh, we're talking about Little America. It's in Little yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so easy to see characteristics of what you grew up with in other in other communities. Mm-hmm. So that's and then, yeah, and then even you know we mentioned this during. This episode, you know, like how a lot of us grew up without seeing representation of our own cultures and how we gravitated to certain things because, in a way, it was the closest thing. Like, you know, Linda and I were ta- we, we were talking about, you know, relating to black centered families yeah, yeah, because yeah. that was like, a, oh, they're different, right. like me, right? You know? Like, yeah. yeah, you see, like, the it's like you see the full house ones, and I'm like, mm, there's nothing like I'm not anything I'm not gonna, like well, that. Well, as soon as but. the Asian dude showed up, remember when? <laughs> Stephanie had her friend that, uh, Harry. Harry, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and they brought him back for the uh, new wait, one. Wait, also there was uh, Michelle had the black friend. Of, of, oh Journey. yeah, Journey's character. <laughs> so they yeah they, they sprinkled some, a little bit. They sprinkled they had a little some bit. color in there. <laughs> but but um but, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a show that like I like I said I feel like a lot of people can relate to, and it's quite cool because we're seeing the surgeons of like Latinx shows. Yeah, we have Vita, we one, have day, this, uh, one day at a time. Yeah, um, all of them are friends of the podcast. Right, We've had exactly. On, Tanya look, on, look at that. Linda and uh, now Linda and Marvin. But, yeah. yeah. So without further adieu, here are Marvin and Linda. Wrong Asian. I know. Okay. I'm like, I'm very much like represented. Like, this is this Wu Tang, and it says Wakanda on it. 
<laughs> That's cool. That's my Beyonce. What does it say? Wrong Asian? Yeah, wrong Asian. What is that? So, like, someone, a wrong Asian girl created this because she would always go to events and then they would mistake her. So, she. So, when it happens to you, you can just point to it? She made this. And then um, sold it on Etsy, and it sold out within oh, like what? an hour. That's yeah. awesome. And then she kept on making them, and it That's helps funny. because <laughs> that shit happens to me. I know it's yeah, exactly. I, and also I'm Filipino, so Filipino is very much like a spectrum. I could look <laughs> at like anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They come to you like, are you the Mexican I'm looking for? Yeah. Like, no, I've got, and I grew up in San Antonio, so. Yeah. Uh, Do you speak Spanish? I mean, I understand. Like, I grew up a lot around a lot of Latino people, but I don't speak. And I okay. took Spanish in high school. Sure. S- Spanish AP, y'all. Uh, <laughs> AP. <laughs> I can get around. I can work <laughs> That is a pass. <laughs> There's words that are similar in Tagalog. Yeah, very yeah. much. Like, what? like we are both co- colonized by the same the people. Spanish. The same. Yeah, <laughs> the same yeah. disease. Uh, a lot of my friends are Filipino. Good. We're in the community. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, Linda and Marvin, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you. For, <laughs> thank you for having I us. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I figured um, D- David, because yeah. you, you just said. But yeah, let's, let's just let's just jump right into it. For those people who, for those that are not familiar with your show, can you give us a bit of a, a broad stroke of what it's about? What, how did it come Ooh. about? Yeah. It's the best show that's ever come out on TV. Let's start there. Yes. Let's fucking put it all okay. out there. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm humble cap off. <laughs> no, no, yes. I'm, exactly. Do uh, what no. you, like, sell it. <laughs> sell it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Head Fight is a show about, like, a Latino family in Boyle Heights. It's about three cousins, like, kind of estranged, and they are helping their grandfather, who's had a taco shop in Boyle Heights for 30 years, save it from gentrification, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it's a dramedy, it's a, and it's about um, just intergenerational uh, Latino family, Mexican-Americans, like... That it's about identity. living it's about identity and it's about living between worlds and i think as first gen kids that's something that we talk a lot about and mm-hmm. um you know for us being mexican american always means tends to mean not being american enough and not being mexican mm-hmm. enough and or guatemalan or gua- and i'm mexican guatemalan i would make him claim his guatemalanism no. like don't forget i forget your, your central americans are looking to you <laughs> yeah, they are no and lately so I just, is it your mom's side or your dad's, my dad's side okay yeah, yeah. but, my but parents there's a reason split, there's, a, there's reason. a reason my parents split when i was young and okay. so i grew up with my mom's okay. side okay. of the family more okay. like i didn't get to he's like reclaim- for the longest he's reclaiming that i'm reclaiming it i'm working on it okay cool yeah i mean growing up i just thought guatemala was just another mexico like i just thought it was the same Shit. I did. No, but I know. Sure. Yeah. Like this whole thing about you know the monolith of certain cultures, like mm. Asian is a monolith. Yeah. yeah. Latino is a monolith. You know, yeah. being black. Yeah. Exactly. Like every, we all have the same experience. <laughs> right. So yeah. untrue. You Even know? Mexico. Like yeah. I grew up when the first time I went oh, to sorry. finally went to Mexico and being there, I was just like, yo, this looks nothing like everything I always see in movies. All the cartels mm. in the show. Yeah. All the cartels. <laughs> it's not just Where desert everywhere. Like there's yeah, like right. beautiful Where all the cities and, and art. Guns. And then a guy with sunglasses and a huge <laughs> open shirt. With some So did you guys grow up, uh, you grew up, you grew up here first, first gen, right? right? What, where did you guys grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Norwalk, which is like a little south of downtown LA. But okay, my family so. all immigrated. Well, my family's from Mexico. My, my mom's from Juarez and my dad's from Guadalajara. And they all immigrated to East LA. So mm. a lot of my cousins were born and raised in East LA, and, and like my brother was a general, born in General Hospital. So I, it's been a lot of time 
going between worlds, but yeah, Norwalk. I'm from Norwalk. No. <laughs> I'm repping because I had to represent for my Norwalk yeah. people. They're all showing up to all the Southeast LA like Latinos are like, we're Yo. here too. Like we exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not only in East LA. We're everywhere. That's so funny because like since the show's dropped, I like I I mean I've always owned Bakersfield, so I'm from Bakersfield, California. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Own yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Own Bakersfield. Oh, I own Guatemala. <laughs> own it all. Guatemala. Uh, but I because since the show's dropped, like people Bakersfield will also be the local through? news. The local <laughs> oh, news did a story on me. <laughs> they are like Bakersfield boy, local things in Hollywood. Local hero, local hero. Intensified co-creator. Well, listen, before me, all we had was well, there was Corn the band. Okay. <laughs> oh, Corn. Oh. They're from Bakersfield. Yeah. Oh, really? And they yeah. were a TRL mainstay. Yes, they were. <laughs> 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 I love that. And before Corn, it was Buck Owens, who's a country legend. But okay. like, you know. Well, corn know, and like, you. And corn and me. That's there you it. go. And Bucko? Okay. Buck Owens. Was it Buck Owens? Listen, as a Bakersfieldian, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Bakersfield, ba- Buck Owens has some, he has some bangers. You know what I'm saying? I'm yes. not going to lie. There's Buck some. listens to a lot of country. I'm not going to lie. He has me. Well, you know, from Texas, we're actually both from Texas. Really? Oh, I got family in Texas. Yeah, but country, I still. I still listen to a lot of country. Did you, you listen to? No. I was <laughs> more, not even a little bit. I mean, I think I think I know a couple of like Shania Twain songs. Okay, yeah, because sure. well, she yeah, was like yeah, cross. Yeah. She was okay, like Taylor Swift before yeah, yeah, Taylor Swift okay. was Taylor. I know yes, some Garth so. Brooks songs too. Oh, my but like, family is very into country. country. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Dallas. So they Dallas line is, dance. Not, is very like it's more yeah. aggressive. But we yeah, have to line dance. I grew up in the suburbs. No, but Bakersfield's very country conservative. Like they love their country music. I don't love country music. Like most. It's very like it's. I like the old stuff. The ones like when white people still had stuff to p- complain about. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like the story. T- I love the storytelling and country music. Yeah, there's there's there's, 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 there's like an arc. Music. There's a narrative arc. <laughs> it's usually a, it's usually about breakups. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so sad. About, like, there's like Garth Brooks has this one song called "Unanswered Prayers," and he it's him Ooh, just basically okay. talking about how he's thinking God. For not answering his prayers because otherwise he wouldn't have met his wife. Aww, Ooh, which is cool. like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, you almost made me cry. I was like, I was like, oh my I, god. I, I know, right? We're all like, oh. He's like, get the fuck out of my face. Um, but speaking of growing up, what were what what was what was the Latin X representation that you guys saw growing up, and how did it sort of affect your careers? It's crazy. I feel like we get this question a lot, mm-hmm. and it's so funny to me that I sit and I like blank, and mm. I'm like, I really didn't have a lot to point to. There's like a lot of, you know, the classic stuff that's Latinx, which is like, you know, Ugly Betty, the George Lopez show, a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. was a little later in my life, but as a child, I didn't really have much. A lot of the shows that I resonated with that really in no way is my experience, but the experience of otherness was something that I could resonate with was a lot of like black leading shows Mm -hmm. like like Family Matters, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like hearing conversations around otherness was something that I really resonated with. And I was like, oh, that feels more like an experience that my family has gone through than a lot of the white shows that I would see. Yeah. But like yeah. I would watch the white shows, I'd be like, that's hilarious. Uh, what, do, right. what, <laughs> what, do, what do they do in those households? Right. Wow, like you just were like no, fascinated by like, those. You can actually yell at your parents and not get in trouble. Yes, <laughs> no, things yeah, things like that. It, was, that. it felt yeah. boring, it was like a nice thing to yeah. watch because you were like, that's crazy, they do but that. But it would never happen in my family. But it was like not relatable yeah. to me yeah. as yeah. you know, as a Latina. And so I, and there wasn't much. I think a lot of that stuff came later, which was beautiful. I, mm-hmm. I think I talked about like 
in the Heights was like such a North oh, Star for me so as a creative. Exciting. But that was once yeah. I was already like, I You're can like, write yeah. I can write about my people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And like mm-hmm. things like that. But Yeah, I mean UPN was on at my house all the time. Yeah. Like that yes. was where UPN. I was at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wayne Brothers. America's next top model. Was that rewrite? He still watches I watch like all like 50,000 cycles there's are on Hulu. So many yeah. cycles. Yeah. There's so there's much a trash. Lot. And then they, and they canceled it and they brought it back. And I was like, who? With Rita Ora. Yeah. Hosting. And I'm like, who asked them I'm to like, bring oh, it back? Okay, Rita Ora. You ain't no Tyra. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it makes sense. It's like, uh, it, that, you know, I think it was the same way for a lot of people. It's like, oh, because we didn't have. I, there was definitely no Filipino culture that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and the closest thing that looked like me or I related to, we gravitated to like these black families and, you know, yeah. and, you know, family matters and like dare I say the Cosby show before problematic yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah it was, I think, yeah, it was a thing that, I mean, I mean aside, from, too, yeah. aside from that, yeah, I mean, well, then later on, well, I was, for me, George Lopez, like, once mm-hmm. I was, like, 12, 13, I saw his stand-up for the first time, and I was like, holy shit, I, mm-hmm. I grew up obsessed with stand-up and mm-hmm. comedy in general, like, mm-hmm. I just, like, I loved watching comedy and comedians, and that's definitely some place where you did find more POC and l- more Latinos and, and folks that, are like, just, like, they were speaking to my experience right. a little more versus entire shows, mm-hmm. um, so I grew up like I mean back in the day when Comedy Central was just like marathoning stand up you know mm-hmm. and that's what I was just watching mm-hmm. especially because I grew up moving a lot so I was the new kid all the damn time mm. and so I like had to get good at like I was like I'm making friends I'm not eating lunch alone today like I need mm. to like crack some jokes and so um, wait were you guys stealing the cable <laughs> I know because I was like you had money for cable we did it I was no, like we did it we did it I we, was processing usually, I was like how come I didn't see comedy <laughs> shows <laughs> we had cable <laughs> um, was because so I not always later in life my mom started making more money and so she so we oh, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. but there would be long stretches where we didn't have cable especially when we lived at my grandma's house yeah and it was like it was miserable and in Bakersfield there's nothing no, to do nothing yeah. and to summer do. vacations were like we didn't everybody's working we just stayed at our house doing nothing <laughs> under like the, we didn't have AC there's just a swamp cooler so we're just like laying under, under the swamp cooler trying not to die of over, <laughs> no. overheating wow. um, so yeah so cable was in a must (laughs) 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 to survive the Bakersfield summers Mm. Um, and sometimes that's when we would have it she's like summer vacation's coming out okay let me let me hook up the cable like you Mm. know Um, so so yeah so I got to watch a lot of stand-up that way but um, but yeah I didn't see that and so but but Different from Linda, I think, like, from my experience, was, like, I definitely watched plenty of Full House. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the white shows or, like, the Arrested Developments and the, Mm-mm. like, all those other comedies. Um, because my family wanted to assimilate. Like, my mom was yeah. like, we're going to, you have to assimilate. We're going to mm. be American. We're going to be successful. You're going to have everything right. that, like, we couldn't have back home, back in, you know, Mexico. And, um, and so for me, that turned into, instead of, watching it and not relating and being like i'm gonna turn it off for me it turned into just like why aren't we like this why aren't we normal yeah why do we fucking stay up all night on christmas instead of you know waking up the next morning and opening presents like like it it made me start to feel like the other and like i was just like there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with my family Mm -hmm. um because i was like we don't look or or do things the way that they do it on tv i I remember that feeling too like it's like i don't look like this like it's is it what do i need to do to sort of like look like these? or yeah or like like, have their hair or like have their food it's like 
on Fresh Off the Boat, like one of the first episodes, he was taking like Asian food to yeah. lunch and he wanted to have yeah. like a bologna sandwich. I remember yeah. doing right? that too. Yeah. And I remember being I remember so embarrassed. Thinking, yeah, me yeah, too. Because and now like you're the, like, oh, I, I will eat this stinky ass <laughs> no, shit in a movie theater. People are like, what restaurant is that from? It's like foodie culture. Um, so, but for you two, was it, so you, when you wanted to, when you to, told your parents, I guess, that you wanted to be in the entertainment industry, what was sort of that, because you, you know what first generation, being first generation, it's always like, we, we want you to have the best but and be like the, the best. The, tri- right? the, 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 the doctors the, and the lawyers, and they want you to do that. So like, when you yeah. say, I want to be in entertainment, I want to be, right. a, you know, what was that? What was that like for you guys? Well, I think we had a kind of a different experience. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's funny because it's from most kids. I saw that experience a lot amongst my cousins Mm. who, like, had a hard time. But for me, as a kid, I was always the little responsible one. So Mm. I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Mm. And my parents were like, but Omiha, I think you're a writer. And I'd be like, this this is why we're broke. I'm going to be a lawyer. And I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to save us all from Mm. poverty. And we're going to have a mansion. And it was a thing that I felt a huge responsibility, even as a little kid, that, Mm. like, I need to save my family Mm -hmm. was... I think it was the opposite effect where like I was in this country and you talk about those shows and I, I for me it was about the class more than anything. It's right. like seeing them have the money to do mm-hmm. certain things that I knew our family couldn't do, like take crazy vacations to Disney World. Yep. Like every freaking ABC I'm like they so bought rich. tickets for everybody. Yes. <laughs> we go to Disneyland. I'm like, we're at the Disneyland parking lot <laughs> having our like tamales in the parking lot <laughs> at lunchtime. Mm. No, but like it was that for me, it was like I I was like, I, I wanna save us. And so my family telling me I think you're a writer. They didn't have any concept of like whether or not what that success would look like. They mm. just had faith that like she'll figure it wow. out somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that as an adult, they were like mm. moments had their moments where like, so when does the money start coming in? Like, <laughs> right. We're giving you like, some time, and and they did see that struggle, and they did start to worry. And and I think they didn't understand what being an artist was really like because mm. they didn't really have any concept of that. From in my family, we right. didn't have any successful career artist like they they just thought oh it's like the people on tv you you're gonna make a bunch of money someday but once they saw me getting into my career they started seeing the and it's not glitz and glass right right right. the struggle struggle, the pain the like the frustration like the they then they were kind of like okay like we still have faith (laughs) in you we still have faith we still believe in that but i think for them more than anything was the degrees like i have a degree i have a couple degrees from stanford and stuff and they really killed themselves to Mm. help support me through that not financially in terms of like just like driving me up to drop me off like doing whatever they could within their means to support me and so i think for them to see something around that payoff was really important Mm. to them and so it came for me later in life Yeah. With, with, like with the series, you know, Hunt to Bite. I mean, I, I was like when uh, when I first saw it, I was just like, oh, you know, I, I kind of expected what it was going to be, but then it kind of surpassed what I thought it was going to be because awesome. I personally connected with Eric. Uh, mm. I think a lot of. Uh, you know, being called coconut or like oh know. Chris, oh Chris, Chris, sorry, yeah, yeah. no, you're good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> no, but I, I really no, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, little bit. No, no, I'm, I'm really no, bad kidding. with character no, names. No, I'm kidding, but I was gonna say, wow, would you connect with Eric? Oh, no, I, I, I was like curious. Chris, Eric, okay, okay, but no, with the with the the coconut, <laughs> <laughs> with the coconut. Sorry, uh, because. I hung out with mostly white people, yeah. and mm. you know I had no connection with my culture. And mm. then you know I, it wasn't until college that I realized, oh my god, I'm I am different. And then, like the, the I remember in high school, 
my friends, quote unquote, would make jokes. They'd be all, hey, do you know what are you having for dinner, dog? <gasps> right? Your friends. Right? Yeah. But it friends was like, a, you know. It was like, a, oh my God. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> but now you look back. <laughs> so I, no, I right? fully relate to that. No, that's exactly, Chris, so Chris is, Linda yeah. always jokes that he's the made for TV Marvin. Mm. Um, oh, I was like, I, the skinny version. The skinny, the skinny <laughs> one. The TV version. I know. We're going to we're gonna have to put a ban on that joke because I'm over that one. That one we is too far. We call ourselves all the time. I know, I know. But no, so he's the made for TV Marvin. I mean, I grew up the same way. Like, yeah. Chris, me and Chris are like very mm. similar. Um, I, but for me, it was, I grew up, like you're talking about, you know, you're asking about us having cable. We grew up moving between like white suburbs and like, you know, we were like, uh, Chappelle has this joke of like, we weren't in poverty, but like my parents made enough for me to grow up poor around white people. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and so like we would sense. move into like white suburbs and like when I was seven, I moved to Boise, Idaho, which is why Chris is from Idaho. Mm. My dad still lives out there. I have a little brother that like was born and raised in Boise. And, um, and so I, that was for me the culture shock, like from a very young age of like being thrown in I'm like, and realizing like, oh shit, like I am not white and right. I'm the other and like, yeah. and then that turning into just like, wanting to distance myself from my culture because I was like, oh, being Mexican means being uh, broke and, and, yeah, yeah. and dirty and being in jail or what, mm -hmm. all those negative stereotypes yeah. that I was just like, I have to, I, I can't be Mexican if I want to have the American dream mm. is what I started yeah. to, that, what it turned into. And so similarly, yeah, growing up around a lot of white friends that are, you know, cracking really terrible jokes that I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, cool, like, right? thank you. And then you yeah, feel like you can't respond because you're like, oh, well, you know, I am different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, a, it's such a joke that people are just so used to that it's like, you don't really like. You need to register. You exactly. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to register as being super offensive. And, did and you grow up around a lot of white folk? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it's like, it was like, it was like a lot of white. I mean, in San Antonio, there was like a lot of Latino. And then like, I remember at my high school, there was like one other or two other Filipinos. And mm. they were like, oh, hey, do y'all do know each other? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, are you well, yes, we do, but not because of <laughs> I know, we don't, we don't hang out. Like, like oh, our families know each other, <laughs> but no. I had uh, the opposite experience. I, I grew up with a lot of Latinos, and then when I went to college, I was like, whoa. Wow. Are you, yeah. So you went, went to Stanford? Stanford? Yeah, Yeah. when I went to Stanford, I was, it was It wasn't only white people. It was like rich, like yeah. affluent children of affluent people. I was like tripping out. Yeah. Like, I mean, isn't I, like the mascot like a pine tree or something it like is. that? It is. That's how fucking <laughs> That's how you know. obnoxious. No, I'm kidding. I love y'all. <laughs> Wait, it's a pine tree? It's, it's a like tree. We're the trees. It was a joke. I don't know. People are too, Wait, really too smart tree? for their own good. Well, like the logo has like a tree on it or something. That's yeah. it? A redwood or something. A lot of our row houses have crazy names. Like I stayed in a row house called Narnia. Like, it's Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. No, that's cool, though. Yeah, that is cool. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I love the campus is beautiful. But the it's mascot gorgeous, is yeah. a tree? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm tripping it, out I, this. I didn't even know that. It's a that's tree. Weird. Yeah. And my sister like, used to try harder, you guys. It's a joke. Like they had to all vote for something at some point at some year. I don't know. I wasn't there. And oh. they all voted for a tree. This it's is like, like in like what nineteen oh seven. Maybe. Henceforth, Stanford will have a tree. Mascot mascot. Up the tree. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so it was different for like kind of transitioning. Into oh my god, it was. Uh, yeah, it was awful. I mean, <laughs> I was deeply depressed that first yeah. year because it was so shocking. So I can only imagine growing up around that your whole life and how it can then really fuck with your identity. I know because I sat with this guy for four years to like, you know, tran translate that into 
Chris. Yeah. Mm. And we'll continue to translate that into him, I hope, we hope. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, uh. crazy. <laughs> Wait, did we ever answer what the show's about? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you okay. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got like sidetracked really quickly. I don't Wait, know. How did, we how really did you two meet? Yeah, how did y'all do We met for the digital scene. We had never worked yeah. together before. Um, was it I, like uh, you got like matchmaker? <laughs> yeah. so our matchmaker basically. was uh, Francisco Velasquez from Project Involve and Film Independent. Mm-hmm. We both had done Project Involve and Marvin had. I had just gotten out of it. Like I was yeah. in one of the recent years. Mm-hmm. And so. Like Macro was like, I was like, hey, I have an idea for a web series, like a kernel of an idea, and they're like, bring on a writer to help you. And I'm like, tight, let's do it. And mm. I reached out to Francisco, and like, I was like, hey, I need somebody. You know anybody good? And he sent me Linda. Like he's like this one person that he sent me. He's like, you need to read her feature. She because she had just done the screenwriters yeah, lab with the feature, yeah. And I read it, and I was like, yo, like this is everything. I need to work with this person. Mm. Like this is like like. Uh, that script made me cry. It was just, I had never, it was everything I wanted to see. I was like, this is what I mm. want to see on screen. Like, this is like the kind of stories that we need because that I was desperate yeah. to make, you know? And because I, for a long time, was like, oh, like a, a Latinx show would come out. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be the thing. Like, for a long time, I was like, I'm going to be the first. I'm going to be the first. And then one would come out. And I'm like, oh, okay, they already did it. And then I would watch it. And I'm like, disappointed because I'm like, ah, that wasn't it. That's not what I wanted to see. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so we met. We started writing together. Like yeah. we had one meeting, and we like realized that we had very similar backgrounds. Not just our upbringings, like first gen parents that were undocumented, like low, um, income. low income. Like we also had um, very similar. We had like film school education, like traditional mm-hmm. film, but we were both working in digital at the time, and uh. so we had. And that's a very specific like shorthand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I had met with a, before Linda. I had met with like some TV writers, and I was like, they're not speaking my they're language. They're not getting it. Yeah, they're not getting the like the scrappiness of it, and how to like you know from digital, you kind of work back. Like our jobs was to make shit go viral, and right. so like we're working backwards a lot of the time, like trying to be like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the you know what's the end product look mm-hmm. like? What's the link you're gonna click click on? And then how do I make the video? How do I back up the video into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. We just had a very similar language uh, um, working in digital, and we just hit the ground running with the show oh, and like cool. crafted. I mean, a lot. And the first thing we did, like I remember the first uh, uh, time we sat down, I was like, "All right, so this is like what I started with. This is what I like basically sold, told Nack what we were gonna do. But like, we're gonna throw that out. We're gonna kind of start from scratch. Yeah, a little he's bit. crazy. He's wild. <laughs> <laughs> this is our journey together. It's it's me getting used to Marvin being like, "We're throwing it all out," and then me being like, "Okay, but like some of it was good. Let's like bring this in. Like, like our whole journey this whole time. But no, we we." trauma bonded over those four months like we sat in this little coffee shop in on first street in Boyle Heights and Primera yes. Taza and we wrote the whole thing there oh, and wow. we we did cheese for an hour cheese means gossip in yeah. Spanish for like an hour before we started writing and just really like poured ourselves all onto the page because at first you know we had left digital <clears throat> Like I was fucking tired of doing par- Klingon parodies and shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah. I love all that, but I was over it. I you was were re- ready for something. I was new. ready yeah. to tell the stories I've been trying to tell yeah. for so long about my community. And like, he came in with this vision of like, I want to do something that's next level. I want to tell stories that are powerful. Yeah. It's a digital series, but like, let's make each episode a short Just film and a powerful short film. And I was like, that's t- what I want. Yeah, yeah. At the time, everybody was just trying to do Buzzfeed videos, like right. you know 
really cheap looking at one wall like you know cheap, like a solid background like right. it was just yeah. nobody was doing narrative yeah so macro saying like we want to do elevated narrative series like yeah. short form digital series like i was like bet let's mm. do that um and so i was like yo like so that's yeah. the, the opportunity that they gave us and we were able to do it we're able mm. to like kind of meld like that background and narrative storytelling with our digital background and like kind of create something mm. mm-hmm. yeah because cool. so the intention was to make just a really good web series like something that felt like like festival worthy but never were we talking about a tv series like that was a A whole ass ass (laughs) some i think at some point somebody was like and maybe this will be a web series like you know like insecure and Mm -hmm. i was like okay sure 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 but i just want to make a good web series yeah for me it felt like i had one festival uh i had a short that did a like my first festival run with and i felt like i got away with like you know convincing macro to let me do seven more shorts you know like that's really how we approached it i was Mm -hmm. like I was like, this is, yeah, it's a web series, but it's really like seven short films. Mm. Um, and America became involved as we, right as we were going into production. And then, um, and then we cut a trailer. The, before I even cut episodes, we cut a trailer. And I was like, because we didn't have distribution for the digital series, which is why nobody's ever seen it, other mm-hmm. than like a few screenings that we had. Mm. And the trailer blew up and had TV networks calling Macro and like, yo, is this a show? And they're like, yeah, 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 give us a couple of <laughs> Marvin and Linda work up a pitch. Like, That's you got dope. two weeks to go and then those two weeks turn into five months. And, mm. yeah. well, well, it's like the, the show, you know, as the title suggests, is like about gentrification. But what is interesting about the show, it gives like such a nuanced argument and for and against it, yeah. which is so interesting to me because, you know, we, we always talk about gentrification, especially here in LA, right. in like the major cities, San Francisco, mm. New York, and all, all these places. But, you know, how, what what is your definition of gentrification? Wow, I don't know, that specific tough, question tough has been question. Yeah, well, I mean, gentrification is, I mean, like it's, it's displacement and I mean, we approach the series very much looking at it for as a gray area and we have our opinions on what gentrification means to us and i'll say it in a minute yeah. but just to preface it with like when we approach the series we very much looked at it as like we are not going to judge anyone mm. like we've stated it to each other we're not judging these characters we're not judging this world we're not assuming any answers. we're not assuming any answers because in our research yeah. over the years we never found a clear answer and we realized like they were not we're not going to solve gentrification like the people who've been on the ground trying to figure it out for years haven't so there's no way we as storytellers who are just you know telling a story are going to do it and we also saw we got to meet so many people in the community and see how gray you know it wasn't black and white it was very much like things were very complicated yeah. a lot of these mm-hmm. folks were family in a lot of ways because they'd grown up together in the community like someone told us like we're all family who are just having a big fight right now and Sometimes we don't get along and it's very public and people see it, but we all love each other. Like homie is like, used to date homegirl over here and Mm -hmm. I used to be best friends with him and all that. But for me and for, I think for Marvin as well, when it comes to gentrification, it's, it's, it can be violent displacement Mm -hmm. of people. And um, a lot of time those people are the most vulnerable in the community. A lot of them are usually low income, undocumented, brown, Mm -hmm. black. Like it's, it's a very specific, demographic that is targeted and and doesn't have the often doesn't have the the same power to call like landlords out or officials or whoever may be to really fight for their their home and so for us like wanting to put a face to what that looks like Mm. so that we don't ignore it and then we don't say something like change just happens which we hear a lot and that's a hard thing to hear because it's it's a phrase that allows us to ignore 
the most right. vulnerable. Exactly. It's, it's bound to, like, exactly. it's bound to happen. Just, just yeah. let it happen. Yeah. But like the people who are, are going through it, like the violence of being removed from your home, yeah. mm. it's intense. And like mm. to to hear that, like I don't think, basically for us it was a call to ask people like, hey, sit down and, and watch this and then just think about your impact and, and have the conversation and open up that, that mm. dialogue. Yeah, I think we didn't want to, like she said, uh, there's no judgment. We didn't assume any answer or take any sides in the show. We wanted to explore all of it, but I think to be able to start a conversation mm. around the issue because because there are so many people that like for them the the issue is just only as deep as change just happens and then that's it and they move go on about their day. I mean, I think when you put a face to it and you see the effects of it, especially those that are most at risk, the people that are like being displaced means sometimes going homeless and living in your yeah. car, not just like oh I'm gonna just you know find another apartment right. like in a city like L.A. where it's like. Everything, yeah. yeah. Everything is jacking keeps, up exactly. every single pr- it price. Keeps getting high, yeah. Um, and so we just we were like, no, like you, you know, we wanted to put a face to it so that people are more considerate. I, I mean, I think you know, to leave it to you to like think about it and, yeah, and, yeah. and then figure out how you want to be a better neighbor. You right, know? right. That's like what that's what good storytelling does. Right, gives empathy right. or like yeah, creates right. empathy. Yeah, creates yeah. empathy. Yeah, puts a or face some type to of it. understanding or you yeah. know, just seeing what. The, the impact that something like this has mm-hmm. on people. Um, so you mentioned Chris being um, the the TV version of yourself, right. Marvin. Is there any other um, is there any other storyline or detail that you two particularly connected to? Yeah. Oh wait. Every oh, character is um, <laughs> every character is a big part of us in some way or another, some more than others. And yeah. I mean, like Linda can. Yeah. I mean. So, gosh, so many. So Lydia and Eric's relationship is based on an ex relationship on mine. Mm. I should I've said that already, huh? Yeah, you said I, we keep waiting. We're like, has he contacted you about that? I'm like, oh, I, haven't, I have not heard. Oh, um, it's loosely based, so it does you know, it didn't end up the same way. But mm. um so that for me, that exploration of brown love was extremely important because I had I felt like I had experienced a different type of relationship that is affected by, you know, structural like institutionalized racism and classism and all these things I felt affected the relationship that I had Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times I think like for women of color we're always trying to save our men like we're often the ones like showing up (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard I'm shaking my head shaking her head very vigorously yeah like I think that they're all like they're all dealing with a lot of historical trauma the way that we are as well And, and I think as women we're trying to show up for them but it's a struggle and I wanted to to explore that and then Marvin also was going through his own relationship at the time and then we mm-hmm. talked a lot about what that looks like him as a man as a brown man and mm-hmm. being kind of saved mm-hmm. and how to like show up and how to be a better partner and so we wanted to explore that with them so Lydia is loosely based on me like Stanford grad all that mm-hmm. stuff um, coming back to the community wanting to give back and then um, and then Eric is loosely based with like I said on my ex my brother a few family members some of Marvin's family members yeah. mm-hmm. like the, the 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 homies in our families mm-hmm. the, homies like the, in the our guys families. are like they just they have such beautiful big hearts but like on the outside the people just assume they know who they are and mm-hmm. that they're just these you know they tend to be the afterthought or the black sheep or mm-hmm. the um, somebody they that expect you don't, so little of you them. Expect, yeah you expect like so I have little. family members who are brilliant you see them they look like cholitos and you're and if you talk to them you're like oh shit you're quoting Williams Warsworth to mm-hmm. me like you they would people are gonna see that because they're not living in that environment right. the, yeah. way, the way that we are mm-hmm. the way that we get to experience right. them subvert expectations exactly <laughs> yes. um, yeah and then Anna I mean it was always like a, a I feel like for you it, like you really leaned into that like hybrid of like my sisters in there yeah, her personality um, for and sure. 
and then also I mean her struggle with being the artist and trying to live her dream but also be there for her community yeah, was right. like art versus commerce kind right. of thing it yeah. was everything we were going through yeah. making yeah. the show and so we just put that conversation into her story mm, that yeah beautiful. her story is just so like yeah you're just like oh yeah um, okay, so before we wrap, um, we like to ask. Oh my God, we're already yeah, we're already done. done. We're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I know we had we're such a good conversation. Him. No, this it was such great. a great conversation. We could continue. Um, we could. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just keep going. Yeah. Um, so, but what's next for you guys? Was there anything you guys can talk about, like upcoming projects or anything? Can you talk about any of them? Well, can you talk about it? You know, we are deadlines, so I mean, we have yeah. to break something. Or else we won't publish this. I was like, this is the wrong podcast to me. Should we talk about that? No? Well, you don't I have don't know. to. You don't, if, if you, can, you don't have to. If you're going to get in trouble. We can, we can get the I story later. I have two later. very exciting projects that I think should be announced in the next few months. Okay. okay. Uh, that They're I heard. really exciting uh, projects. Marvel movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Marvel, come call. Call us. We do make things happen on this podcast. Listen. Get the people to show up. Marvin and Linda want to do the white things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Once, once they start sending me white you projects, I know I've made it. Yeah, you know. That's how you know you made it. That's like you're how you know. Movie. No. But yeah. Linda I mean, and I want to write. What we really want, we want to do like, we want two things. We want to do our rom-com. Yeah. And then we want to, because we love features. Like we, the web series was just us like trying to get to the features mm. in the feature space, and then we ended up with a TV show. It's wild. Yeah. Um, a a rom com, and then our super bad. Those are yeah. like the two. We things. both I love super bad slash books. We both love Juno and super bad. Those two are like references that we really love. Oh, a lot. <laughs> love yeah. that, love that. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We're, getting, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> Okay, so we, we like to end our uh, interviews with this thing we call the facts, or the, the FAQs, um, the facts. Oh. <laughs> I like the it. Facts. <laughs> There's sort of random questions, some are related to obviously your project. So the first question is, the show centers around Pop's restaurant. Mm -hmm. If you could only eat at one Mexican restaurant for the remainder of your time on this oh earth, God. where oh, would it shit. be? <laughs> that's a strong question. It is, you know what? Okay. That is a divisive we, question. It's very divisive. Actually, what it, it, yeah. It's also like, I want to know. If yeah. it's in LA. I, if it's in LA. Yeah, yeah. I haven't found a good. I haven't found a good. My answer is going to be controversial. What? Okay. Oh my god. Oh. Chilies. <laughs> that would be hella controversial. I would smack his face. It's because I live on the west side, and in mm. my spot that I go to all the time, this is why it's controversial. It's Kogi. Okay. Like, oh, which is technically yeah. it's I fusion. Live, wait, I live next to Kogi. You live next to yeah. the Kogi. I live in in, in Culver, me too. and so I go oh, to Kogi. Let's go together. Let's go. We'll meet <laughs> up for lunch. Honest, I didn't like it that much. Oh, what? Oh, thank I, you. No, no, no. I obsess over okay, Kogi. I'm gonna okay, try guys, remember, I food. Food. remember that he, that Chris is based on him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just saying. That's fine. That one's hard. You know, for me, for Mexican food, I am very particular about particular dishes from different restaurants. Like I like my chilaquiles burritos from Taco Rico. I like mm. my well, my enchiladas are only my mommy's. That's mm. the only good. There's no one makes good enchiladas. Mm. Only my mom. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say my mom. My mom, my mom's enchilada or my taqueta. Like I, I, there's no one Mexican restaurant that just. Yeah. But I will Ooh, say, what did what come to mind? Coyote. <laughs> 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 coyote is actually 
really good, though. I love El Coyote. You know, there's a fusion place in Linwood called Balam that's really amazing. Have you been there? Have you taken you there? It's a, It's like a kind of a hipster situation, but... No, don't try to save yourself. No, no, no. I'm like, I want to plug them. El Coraloense. I think it's in Bell. It's like, it's a... It's a ceviche spot. They are so fucking good. It's crazy, but I haven't been there yet. That's near my head. They should go. Coraloense. I think it's in Bell. Somewhere in South LA. Or Southgate? No. Southgate Bell. One of those. One of those. Okay, we'll, check we'll it go, out. We'll go. So okay, um, what was your first concert? Oh my God, what was my first concert? My first concert. Well, I grew up. My mom was in radio, so I grew up mm. in. Was like, it corn? Sh- <laughs> 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 it was not corn. I never saw corn live. <laughs> saw, no, I didn't see System of Down, but I saw Serge Tankian when he was doing his solo project. Anyways, um, <laughs> anywho, my first concert. I think it was like some random little like at the park in Bakersfield. Like my, mo- I started going to things like that at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Who was performing? Well, I'm I don't sorry. remember my first concert, but I'll shout out the Janet Jackson one I went hey, to a few years ago. Which one was it? Oh, in it Vegas? was. It the one in I didn't. I haven't got. I haven't gotten to go to any Vegas ones, no. but I. But I went to. She was touring. It was San Diego. Oh, I forget which tour it was. It was her she most still recent has tour. It. Yeah. Oh, she of does. She does. And I, like, I, I like kick myself that I never went to the red vel- uh, velvet rope to red velvet cake tour. <laughs> 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 I want to go to that. Wait, tour. I want to go to that tour, please. <laughs> I always wanted to be a backup dancer for her since childhood. Too. I know. Always all for you. Team. Yes. <laughs> oh my yes. God! Yes. I want to see that on I the just, podcast. Me and you, Dina, we're gonna so be doing that. Do you guys remember I'm that down. video? I get so lonely. Which, oh, I oh. Had the question. During the climax of that, she busts open. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. No, but I'm gonna go watch it. It's very everything. She is. She is. Okay, I'm gonna have to skip to the last question. I think we're running time. So, what is one talent you wish you had? Singing. Yes, that's oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, because I love singing, but I wish me I was too. good at it. Damn. I, okay, I'll say singing too, but I feel like it's something sciencey. <laughs> like I want to be like a brilliant, like, a brilliant at calculus. I always wanted to be oh, an astronaut yeah. when I was little. Me too. And then I found out like astronomy has numbers involved, <laughs> and I was and like, like, fuck that. Fuck <laughs> it. No, you said dance. No dancing. Dancing no, I'm gonna work on that. I could get there. Singing, <laughs> I can't singing learn. Singing and dancing. That yeah. could be a combo. No, deal. I can learn dancing. You I can, can learn. Yeah. I'm working on it, you but can I can't learn singing. Dancer. Yeah, you can learn how to be a decent yeah. dancer. Never mind. I can I'm sticking by singing then. There are some people who are just not mm-hmm. born to dance. To dance. <laughs> I was just at a concert and I saw somebody. I was just like, they are so <laughs> offbeat. Are you listening to this? Are your ears plugged? What is going on? Um, <laughs> and then we ask this to all of our, our guests. Is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, producer, writer, um, you know, creator, that is not in the mainstream that you want to give shine to? Ooh, uh, that's a great wow. question. There's a bunch of talented people on Hensify. There's you know, so you know. many. Who do we shout out? Oh, my God, everyone. I feel like if I shout out one, I'm going to be sad that I don't <laughs> shout out others. I do want to... So this might be a little bit of a sad note. I was about to say the oh, same okay. thing. Uh, We're on the same page already. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of our, our writer's assistant who co-wrote episode nine, Camila yeah. Maria Concepcion, passed away recently, and she, we adored her, and she was such a light, and she was so talented, and she was trans-Latina who was telling, like, epic stories that, yeah. like, needed to be told. And I feel like after her passing, it really, for me, felt like we need to really lift up as many trans people of mm-hmm. color voices yeah. as we can to tell those stories and bring yeah, them to the mainstream. She was, and she was like my favorite writer. Yeah, yeah it was like, yeah, it was so. She was powerful. But like all of our writers, Ariel Diaz, I mean, this Not in the room, I mean like her In the world? Okay, voice. I was like, let's call everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, in trouble. her work was just so. She was powerful. So oh. powerful. Yeah. And I was, she was gonna be. We love she was her. gonna be everything. We're still in the morning about yeah. it, but like we just, you know, I, I think 
because of that, it makes me realize like we need to we need to support our creators who are out there who have bigger obstacles than Mm. some of us who have more more thing more walls to knock down than some of the some of us mm. completely yeah. completely agree oh my god well, that kind of gave me chills yeah no me too but that was a that was a great way to end it i yeah. think that was beautiful yeah. thank you guys so much thank for you being you here. had so that much fun amazing. yeah yes. this was great thank you guys come back when you make your rock <laughs> 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 would love to would love it thank you, thank you.